1: Then you've come to the They've right come. place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiki and Zach Rosudo. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz. I'm here with Zach, and it's time for some waiver wires. That was pre-recorded, guys. That was a pre-recorded yes. uh segment. Thanks to our producer. You know, he he created that amazing segment. So thank you Mike for that. waiver wire. It's a nice guys, roll in. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, hope you guys were you enjoyed the podcast the episode yesterday where we went over a bunch of those games. Um, I did want to go over a few more games today. You know, not as in depth, but I will you know, I, I do want to mention a bunch of because the, the afternoon games were really, really important. Right. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that happened in those games and I want to hit on those uh, as much as I can. OK, um, before I do, though, I, I did want to just give a shout out to fantasylife.com. Uh, if I were you guys, I would go check them out over there. Dwayne McFarlane is going to put out his utilization report there, and they're coming up with some great, great tools um, to really analyze the week. So if you like what you're hearing uh, from you know yesterday's episode and what I'm about to talk about right now in terms of utilization, all that kind of stuff that helps you win your championships and he- helps you win your weeks, helps you know which players to pick up, helps you know which players to start. Um, I would highly recommend checking those guys out. Okay, fantasylife.com. Speaking of websites, we have a new website, Zach. Oh, yeah. Upperhandfantasy.com. It's always been Upperhandfantasy.com, but we have a brand new website. Thanks to Tyler from Fantasy Football 101 on Instagram. This dude built the entire website. It looks amazing. It has our waiver wire rankings up there. It has our uh, weekly rankings up there, our dynasty rankings up there, stats, uh, you know, articles articles it, it's yeah. just there's just so much stuff advanced analytics uh there's so much stuff on there guys make sure to go check it out upperhandfantasy.com um has all this, all the resources you need all the stuff that we like to put out um that website is going to be a true resource i i would say the old website was was solid you know but this one you know it, it's going to be a reason why you would want to check that out every single week okay so just wanted to Definitely. give that a, l- a little plug since it just got – it just released. Uh, it's out now. Just want to let you guys know. Okay. Um, let's hop into a few of those games uh, from yesterday's at the afternoon games. Um, let's start with the uh, Packers and the Bears. Okay. I think that's kind of where we left off. Um, yeah. Aaron Jones was looking great. Like, he was looking really good, right? Yeah. And Unfortunately, uh he ended up getting hurt on one of his long catch and runs. Um, he out he might be out next week, but let's see. You know, if he's out, I think AJ Dillon will be a solid RB2 in his place. Uh, but AJ Dillon didn't look particularly well. Like when Aaron Jones left the game, AJ Dillon came in and just uh he stunk it up a little bit. Didn't look
2: too good. <laughs> I was gonna say stunk it up, so it's a good word choice. 100 percent Yeah, Aaron Jones. I was really impressed with what I was seeing. You know, even with Jordan Love didn't look bad. You know, it wasn't like they were leaning all the way on Aaron Jones. It wasn't like he was the only person moving the ball. The offense looked pretty dynamic, you know, for not having Christian Watson, too. You know, if this is the type of scoring potential they might have, and granted, this is the Bears they played. They've historically owned the Bears. It just comes with being the Packers, but if this is the type of production we could see from the offense, and it's not just going to be like a middling offense. Like we saw a couple games from like the Saints have plenty of talent, but they had a low-scoring game. Like Titans had a low – they were in that game. It was a low-scoring game. Like this it could be a better offense than we were
1: anticipating.
2: So if Aaron no. Jones is going to be doing this type of thing, you know, in these types of games, he could ha- he could really come through at his ADP, which was really low
1: he could have a big year he was definitely undervalued the good news is that the Packers offense might not be a shit show Woohoo! right like Jordan Love might be able to yeah exactly we might be able to like you know get some fantasy production you know out of this offense um you know Luke Musgrave you know he had a solid role right three catches for 50 yards looked really good on four targets Jaden Reed five targets Romeo Dubs had five targets but caught two touchdowns the reports were before the game that he was going to get limited snaps. But he ran the same number of routes as Jaden Reed, only three less routes than Musgrave. So and if we knew that, then Dubs would have been a lot more higher in my rankings and he would have been a lot in a lot more lineups. Okay. So yeah. uh I, I don't think it's like super necessary to hold on to Reed. Um, but I would like in a deeper league, maybe a 14 team league or something like that. Uh Luke Musgrave, he ran a route on 77% of dropbacks, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, especially for a rookie. So he's a hold if you have him, and he's a pickup if he's available.
2: Yeah, 100%. I, I started Romeo Dobbs
1: <laughs> in Ooh, our league. I,
2: that, that wasn't necessarily thinking? by choice. It might have been by injury about. warranting it. I had Christian Watson over, over him. I had I both it. of them somehow.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, on the other side of the ball, two catches for DJ Moore. Good. Absolutely bananas, dude. Jerry Alexander... He was on him for about 60% of his routes. But what about the other 40%, man? The other 16 routes he wasn't covered for. Okay? Get your guy the ball. Like, I don't understand right. it. Like, these running yeah, backs yeah. were peppered with targets. But DJ Moore is not getting any targets, dude? Justin Fields threw the ball 37 times in this game. Okay? So that wasn't the issue. Like, the issue that we were – the one issue that we were worried about with with DJ Moore was that, like, oh, this offense isn't going to pass the ball, but they pass the ball thirty-seven times. Okay, so that's not get, go get the ball to your best guy. You know, I'm right. I'm hoping that gets fixed. Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet each had seven targets. So if the target share does get corrected here, you know, I'm not sure how much how viable these guys will be, but we know that they're good players. Probably should be rostered, but you know, DJ Moore has to bounce back, right?
2: Yeah, and there's plenty of time for this to get fixed. You know, there's still 17 weeks in the season now because they're 18 weeks total. But for me, it's just like, did somebody forget to tell the Bears to finish their whole plan with adding DJ Moore? Because we've seen over the past few years, you get your third year quarterback, a star wide receiver one, and then you throw to that wide receiver. They just left out that last step. They, they didn't forget the, yeah, the last that step. Yeah, that might right. be the issue. They should talk about that can you, during can the game you plan send... this week.
1: Can you send uh a Luke Getzi an email, Zach? Just send him an email. You know, just yeah, let him know. And then the subject will be, hey, uh, you forgot the last step. And then just in right. the body, you can go and explain what 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 what's going on. Unbelievable. Yeah. Man. It was uh, just ridiculous. <laughs> Khalil Herbert started the game for the Bears, uh, but it legit turned into like a three-back committee after that. Uh, Roshan Johnson ended up with the most snaps because the Bears were down. He was their primary passing down guy, he was their two-minute guy. Uh, which is good news for him. He had seven targets in this game on top of his five tar- five carries. Uh, if he's available on the wire, you probably want to add him. He can get more work in this backfield. Uh, my guess is that it's going to take an injury uh, for someone to really emerge from this backfield at this point. I thought Herbert would have a stronger hold on this backfield, but instead of it being like a 1A and then a 1B, it's like a 1A, B, and C right now. Um, so yeah. you know, it's going to be tough for me to start Herbert next week against the Bucs. He'll need big plays for him. know to make it happen for him to be fantasy relevant and you know he's shown that he can do that in the past uh but right now it doesn't seem like the volume is going to be there for him
2: no and that was the concern about how this would shake out and honestly it looks like that's good news for sean johnson that they're using him in more ways than just the ground they actually seem like they want to get him involved and he's over deontay foreman in terms of usage and he had more usage than khalil herbert did yesterday so I think if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be one of those two. Like we had painted out this whole offseason saying it's going to be between Herbert and Johnson. But Johnson's worth a waiver-wire pickup. I wasn't even considering Johnson having this type of week, getting any work in the receiving game. And part of that comes down to the game script that they were in. They were down from the start, and they were just playing catch-up the whole time. But if they're playing catch-up the whole time against the Packers, who I would consider still right now, even though they played well, middle-of-the-pack team, is there a chance we could see them playing from behind more often than not this season? Yeah, That's going to be tough, especially if you have Justin Fields, at quarterback, the guy that wants to run. He threw 37 times. That helps also, not only on the front for the receivers, but for the running backs as well. Because we talked about his passing attempts being way too low to sustain any type of receiver in this offense. That's one of my takeaways from this game. It looks like the passing might be there a little bit, but we'll see because this was playing
1: from behind. Let's move on to the Raiders and Broncos. Nine catches on 10 targets for 81 yards and two touchdowns for the star Raiders wide receiver. No. Yep. I'm not talking <laughs> about Devonta Adams. I'm talking about Jacoby Myers. Okay. Adams had nine targets. He caught six for 66. Pat Sertain did a very good job against Adams in this game. Uh, you know, Jimmy G got it done with Jacoby. Very impressive by Jimmy you know, to be honest, you know, to be able to right. get his guys, the ball, you know, he did miss Devante on a couple of key throws, but I think he'll be able to get, you know, Devante right in a better matchup for him. Right. I think he just, he had another capable wide receiver and with Devontae shadow playing, played well, you know, Pat retain going into next year and like potentially Pat Sertain might have a just a monster year this year. Right. So I'm not surprised. Um, but you know it's funny though because Devontae Adams last year, remember when he said after after he 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 did his thing against 10 he said like he's not there yet, and I'm sure you know a Michael Jordan meme. He took that seriously. He yeah. took that. Is that is that what he said?
2: I think it's, I I took that personally. Something like that. Wow. Yeah.
1: I I totally messed that up, didn't I?
2: No, I you're totally fine. It up. was close enough. No. Like
1: there have been was much it? worse.
2: I'm supposed to, to nail that. I'm supposed state. to nail yeah. that
1: home. Didn't happen. That's okay. You know what I'm thinking <laughs> about right now? I'm thinking about drinking a couple beers in the parking lot tailgate of MetLife Stadium in a couple hours to watch my hopefully, Jets. And hopefully,
2: the road team doesn't come into MetLife Stadium and do your Jets like the Cowboys did the Giants last night. And I'm, That's not going to If you're going to throw in a Jets comment, I'm throwing in a Cowboys comment. Sorry. Had to happen. <laughs> but anyway, like you're saying, Kobe so, Myers, the Patriots no, I just want to, Can I mention one, yeah, ahead, one ahead, thing, sorry. though?
1: like. The fact that more than seventy percent of targets went to Devontae and Jacoby, like, is exactly what you want to see. This is a tightly distributed target share to the guys that matter, right? So, yeah. And 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 I was going to mention Myers' head injury. You know, kind of scary. You know, hopefully he's mm-hmm. fine and he can return at some point. Possibly out next week. I don't know. You know, but he should definitely be one of the priority ads on the waiver wire. You know, whether he's playing in week two or not. And, and because you know, I didn't think that Jimmy G could like support these two guys but it seems like it's possible number one and number two like we know that Jacoby Myers is a good wide receiver yeah right and and, and that is also kind of playing into this as well
2: he's one of the overlooked wide receivers because that's the case that's what we were talking about at the end of last season even going in the last season we we're like well Jacoby Myers he's a good wide receiver he was just in a tough situation in, in New England now he's in uh, Las Vegas, and I didn't really think this would be very fancy conducive for him playing behind Devontae Adams, but like I said, that Patriots lineage must have been flowing through their veins. Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers are both former Patriots and that connection was there. So I wasn't expecting to see Jacoby Myers have this type of game. I don't think it's going to continue where Jacoby Myers is out-targeting and outscoring Devonte Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams will find his way with Jimmy G, but the good news is, it you said it, It's not just Devontae Adams and nobody else. It's not just Jacoby Myers and nobody else. He could support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers. And this wasn't that high-scoring of a game either. So, like, if they have higher-scoring games, which could be the case, Josh Jacobs had a quiet day, you know? So, if the whole offense gets clicking, we could see more points for both of these guys. And suddenly, Jacoby Myers, he wasn't even on anybody's radar coming into the season. No one was even thinking about him, I don't think. Were you? Because I wasn't. I just, I, might- I, 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 I was, I was fading him. Right. I, I just didn't, there I, was nothing- I thought about him.
1: I thought about him and then I faded him.
2: <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's nothing appealing. You, nothing stood out. It was like, well, maybe this would be a reason to target him. He was just kind of there on the board. But now, yeah, you know, just one week. We'll see if it continues. Hopefully he can't come back from that head injury. I think he will. I think it'll be sooner rather than later. But if this can continue, you know, we're looking at two fantasy relevant receivers on the Raiders for the first time in a long time.
1: I have uh, Jacoby Myers as number six in my waiver wire rankings, okay? Right. So and, and we'll get to that here in a second. We'll, we'll kind of sc- sc- skim through the rest of the games here. Um, I want to hit the Broncos' backfield real quick. It was basically a split down the middle between Javante Williams and Samadji Pirine. Um, I think they're both solid starters. I think it's going to upgrade Pirine just a little bit because he was used at the goal line. He was a clear two-minute back. He was a passing down back. And he was also used a little bit on early down. So he's doing a little bit of everything. Um, now, it's very possible that Javante's role increases, right, as the year goes on. Um, but the fact that both these guys are getting targeted in the pass game, that's awesome. Sean Payton offense is what to expect. Javante had five. Piran had four. Uh, Piron ended up leading the Broncos in receiving yards in this game. So, so pretty efficient um, with his work in the receiving game. Um, are you looking at both of these guys um, as maybe, I would say, top 28 backs <laughs>
2: next week? I was going to say top 30. That's what I was going to say. So it sounds like we're on the same page here. You know, I'm not expecting 27. Me- yeah, something like that. 26. Okay. You know what? 31. I think that's what <laughs> we Yeah, no. I'm looking at them pretty much in terms of what production I'm expecting from both of them. I think it's going to be very similar. I think Javante Williams has the chance to appreciate as long as he stays healthy. He's eventually yeah. going to take over the backfield and that's the trajectory right now. Just as long as he follows that, you know, we'll be fine. Okay. As of right now, they have the same value.
1: Okay, gotcha. Uh, Greg Dulcich, he has a hamstring injury. Not sure how serious, but if he does miss time, I think Adam Troutman should be on people's radars. He was already leading them in routes. Um, He was targeted on 22% of his routes to begin with. So there is some streamer appeal here if Dulcich does miss some time. Um, I was really surprised with how little Marvin Mims played. Uh, Little Jordan Humphrey. And Brandon Johnson played over him. That I was like so that. disappointing to me, dude. <laughs> it was. Like I'm personally dropping Mims right now. Like it's possible that he gets back into the rotation at some point, but not a good sign. You know, with the opportunities right in front of him. You know, Jerry Judy out. You know, these guys were, weren't even on the team. They got activated from the practice squad. You know what I'm saying? Like Brandon Johnson. That's not good. Like
2: I remember, I good. saw the the first touchdown go to little Jordan Humphrey. I was like. Why is Russell Wilson throwing these guys? Like, he's doing everything he can yeah. to avoid the throwing of the guys we want him to. Like, But, then, Sutton, but did then you realize that he wasn't
1: there, even playing, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, he hardly yeah. got any routes. I'm just like, yeah, there's okay, not even. Whatever. It, it makes Weird. sense. Head scratching. Head scratching. Sean Payton. What All right. The m- moving on to <laughs> Dolphins and Chargers, dude. What a game. What a game. Like, Love it was, it. we hyped it up, and it was everything and more,
2: right? It was everything um, Chiefs lines were supposed to be.
1: <laughs> right exactly exactly but 70 points in this one Miami ended up winning 36 to 34 uh Tua looked fantastic in this one Tyreek you know one year fantasy matchup if you had him 11 catches 215 yards two touchdowns on 15 targets resulting in 466 passing yards for Tua uh Raheem Moster only got 10 carries in this game uh but Miami just abandoned the run <laughs> right so yeah. uh, Moser ended up playing on 74 percent of snaps which is awesome he just didn't get too many touches he did end up scoring though you saved your day with that. Uh Miami was just pass first, pass often in this one. Uh Waddle only had five targets, but still ended up with 78 yards. Uh I wanted to mention Durham Smith, uh tight end for the Dolphins. He ran around on 80% of Tua's dropbacks. Uh he ended up with seven targets, second behind Tyreek Hill. Just a little name to monitor. I'm not picking him up yet or anything. Maybe deeper leagues and the one the waiver wire, sure. If there's like 16 teams in your league or something like that, and you need a waiver wire option. Um just just real quick thoughts on, on the Dolphins overall. If I didn't mention Just, it already,
2: I, I said it. Tua could have top five upside as long as he's healthy. This yeah, is what we can could. expect. And I also said it that Tyreek Hill, if he's going to get to 2000 yards, you have to go through Tua. 466 yards in the passing, passing in the opener is fantastic. This was an excellent matchup, though, too. We have to look at it that way. Chargers defense, we knew they were going to have trouble. And this was the thing we were worried about with Jalen Waddle. A lot of people were high on Jalen Waddle, but the issue that there would be is that Tyreek Hill is there and there are going to be games like this. And we see it first thing out of the gate. This is what you signed up for. If you drafted Jalen Waddle, he'll have his weeks, but this is like what you're going to be stuck with. You're gonna be looking at the guy that has Tyreek Hill. You will be like, Hmm, wish I was tired. The guy that had Tyreek Hill. Must be Jalen nice. Waddell. Yeah. <laughs> must be nice. But overall, both offenses look really good. You know, outside, not just we're talking about so the I, Dolphins I, a whole I, lot here. I will Sosa's say target.
1: though, uh, with waddle like I, I think you know when there are better zone when there are teams that play a lot more zone i think waddle will end up doing his thing um i yeah. didn't end up moving him down in my rankings initially um from where i initially had him because of the fact that i saw that oh wait like chargers do play a little bit more man coverage than normal so that's kind of why i downgraded him Tyree like hill. Hill. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean we we did see tyreek hill catch a lot of stuff against zone in this game, yeah, right? So, like, when they did play zone, you did catch him. But then you saw a few few catches, you know, in man coverage as well with the safety over the top. He still beat him anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, on the other side of the ball, Mike Williams got hurt early, came back in the game. He missed about 10 routes or so, 10 dropbacks, ended up with five targets on the day. Could have had a better game, honestly. Uh, Keenan Allen saw nine targets. Now, Eckler saw his normal five targets along with 16 carries. Josh Kelly was very involved in the run game. 16 carries for him. Uh, They kind of rotated their backs throughout, like just like how Kellen Moore did in Dallas, right? So make sure to go pick up Kelly. Like he's also a priority add as well this week. I think he can have some standalone value. This is a good offense, so it looks like they're going to have more of an emphasis on the run game, and it looks effective. They actually have a run game now. Um, So Eckler played on 50% of snaps. He ran around on 57% of dropbacks. You know, it's not ideal. That for him, that Kelly has a bigger role, you know, for his overall value, he could vulture some goal line touchdowns like he did in this game. You know, like that one touchdown, Eckler did get the early goal line touchdown, but then you know, uh, Kelly was on a little bit of a roll and he ended up with a goal line touchdown as well, similar to what we've seen in Dallas too, right? When somebody's on a roll, they got the goal line touchdown. Um, Right. So, what are your thoughts on this backfield?
2: I'm not sure. I I want to say that this is just, yep this is Kellen Moore coming in, and this is going to be Josh Kelly coming in and making things, making life difficult for Austin Eckler managers and Austin Eckler, you know. I wouldn't say that, but I'm also just looking at, like, there were 80 snaps played in this game. That's a lot of snaps. And I get it. Like, it's a pretty even split down the middle in terms of, you know, their usage on the field. But I'm wondering if this is going to hold up for Josh Kelly if there's fewer snaps in the game. This is high scoring, high octane. Obviously, the touch is coming in the run game. You know, valuable, but Austin Ackler is still that guy in the passing game. He's going to hold on to his value that way. You can definitely pick up Josh Kelly. I don't want to say that you can't. You know, he's going to be a solid addition on the waiver wire if you can get him. But I want to see if this continues, if this is a trend and not just something we see at the beginning of the of the year because this was such a high-scoring, high-snap-volume type of play, you know, this week. So we knew this was going to be a good matchup coming in. There would be a lot of points, and Josh Kelly got in on the fun good for him but i'm wondering if there are fewer points scored in the game that's if, if it's a 24 to 20 type affair are we going to see josh kelly getting as many touches in the ground game i'm just throwing it out there you know i'm just well I, you know the way i'm welcome. looking
1: at it and this is why we play in percentages why we talk in percentages right and, and not raw raw numbers right because like right a, a wide receiver can have you know like 10 like look at Zay Flowers, right? He had what ten targets or eleven, like ten targets or eleven targets in 10 this target game. Was yes, and it ended up being like a fifty percent target share, right? Uh, compared to Puka Nakua, who had fifteen targets and ended up with a forty percent target share, right? So like, obviously the volume matters, but then when you play percentages, you're like, oh okay, like Josh Kelly literally got fifty percent of the carries. Right, and which is something that doesn't happen. And on top of that, he was being rotated in and getting carries throughout the game. This wasn't just something that happened, you know, towards the end of the game, uh, in some sort of situation where Eckler was getting gassed or Eckler was um, you know, this was a um like a uh a, a fourth quarter with them being up and they had to like just milk the clock or something like that. It wasn't that situation either. It was just being used differently. He was just coming in and he was getting he was getting he was running some routes, he was getting some carries and you know, usually when Eckler wasn't on the field last year, it would be a situation where, where where, they're just like, do have a different type of play call where Eckler might not have been involved, you know, on, on, you know, in that Eckler had a much higher percentage of carries and, and routes run, you know, in that compared to that running back room than he did in this game. So yeah, it is a one game sample, but given the fact that this looks so similar and how to how they use Zeke and Pollard, um, in, in Dallas, I kind of feel like, you know, this is something interesting. And it also lines up with what Kellen Moore said when he first got there that, you know, that he did like, um, Josh Kelly. And, you know, he did, he did allude to that a little bit. And, you know, I, I was like, all right, well, whatever, like, we'll see. Um, but uh, it's interesting. I I do have Kelly as my um, number four ranked waiver wire pickup this week, and we'll get into all those as well. This is the waiver wire episode, but it's turning into uh, another and some takeaways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but there's so no much. Listen, week one is so important to get into the details, though, because there's we're literally setting the groundwork. For the rest of the season here, right? So it's just really, really important to go through all this stuff. Um, that's why we're taking our time going through it.
2: And we're looking at everything that was said over the off season and seeing how it compares to what we saw actually. So, like
1: yeah, there's so many different
2: things. Yeah. It helps
1: the process to understand, right? Like how do we come to those conclusions and were, you know, did it make sense or not? Um Mm There was some hope that Gerald Everett could have a higher rap percentage, but but he didn't. Um, you know, him and Donald Parham are sharing that role. You know, they'll, they'll have their games, but Everett does not need to be rostered at this point. It's even a bigger split than it was uh, before. So right. you, you can drop him if you need to. This episode is brought
0: to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Um, Moving on to the Eagles and Patriots, Kenny Gainwell, he was in fact the guy of the Eagles. 62% of snaps. (laughs) Uh, DeAndre Swift played on only 29% of snaps. Got three opportunities in this game. Insane. Uh, Gainwell ended up with 14 carries and four targets. 18 opportunities. And then, of course, Boston Scott gets the goal line snap. The lone goal line snap that they have. So um, not great. But I'll say this, though. Kenny Gainwell is a priority pickup on the waiver wire. You know, they had DeAndre Swift all offseason. Um he was healthy throughout all of camp, but Kenny Gainwell. This lines up with the reports that Elliot Shore Parks have been has been dishing out, you know, throughout the throughout training camp that Kenny Gainwell is the RB1. And it turned out to be true. So pick up Gainwell. This is what they were doing all during camp. Um I am not dropping DeAndre Swift yet. I will drop Rashad Penny if I drafted him. He was not even active. He was a healthy scratch in this game. Um, So those are the two guys I would be rostering right now. But I would not drop Swift. I want a little bit more. But I'm definitely picking up Kenny Gainwell, though.
2: Yeah, and that's the only way to treat it. With Kenneth Gainwell, the reports came kind of late in the offseason where they said, yeah, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the guy suddenly. We were like, really? This is a little bit late for this news to come in, and suddenly he's going to be the guy. But he was, and it sucks because DeAndre Swift went from getting the DeAndre Swift treatment in Detroit, traded to the, to the Eagles, and is now getting the DeAndre Swift treatment in Philly. It's just like, it sucks because we know the type of player he is, but if this is the way it's going to be 100%, you have to pick up Kenneth Gainwell. You have to take what they've given you and just do what you can with it. I'm not dropping DeAndre Swift either. I wouldn't even consider that after one week because we know I mean, I held on on to DeAndre Swift last year for many (laughs) weeks, (laughs) just hoping, holding out for the best, and thinking, all right, maybe one day he'll get the usage that he deserves. But this is one week, and it was kind of an off day for the Eagles offense too. So it's really confusing right now what's going on. It was raining. They were playing the Patriots, who were pretty good on defense. But for me, there's no reason to drop DeAndre Swift. Don't go sell him for nobody. Don't go sell him for Tutu Atwell even though he's going to be a waiver-wire pickup, too. Um, But yeah, DeAndre Swift, you can't just leave him out right now because we know what he can do. We just have to see if if he's going to get that usage or not. A couple weeks from now, we'll have a better idea.
1: Ramondre Stevenson played on 73% of snaps in this game. That's great, but Zeke got too many touches. Um, (laughs) Seven carries and seven targets for Zeke. Um, They did play... 80 snaps in this game, but still like 12 carries and six targets for Zeke. Um, I mean for Ramondre, sorry, is solid enough to be a high end RB two. Um, but you know Zeke did get the lone goal line snap. Ramondre got all the two minute work, which is good. Um, he did also catch all six of his targets for 64 yards, so that tied with Kendrick Bourne, who had 11 targets himself. Uh, Mac Jones after the game called Kendrick Bourne his go to guy and he was his go-to guy in this game. Um, Hunter Henry caught five of six targets for 56 yards and a touchdown. He's another tight end pickup that you can make if you need one. Uh, Juju ran a, a route on less than 50% of Mac Jones' dropbacks, which is not good at all. This basically yeah. means that these all these other receivers are playing over him right now. Okay, he's healthy. Um, now, Kendrick Bourne ran the most routes by far. Like, it wasn't even close. So him being – and it was a rotation – everywhere else besides him so him being the number one here uh kind of makes sense like in terms of what happened in this game so i i I will be looking for kendrick Bourne on waivers why because this is a real offense now okay the offense looks completely different okay 316 passing yards by mac jones against the eagles very solid performance um now Devontae parker might be back next week i don't know i I don't know how different is going this is going to look to be honest they did give him a deal maybe that means something i don't know Mm -hmm. because if you told me that Kendrick Bourne was going to have this type of game, I would have been like, no, it ain't going to happen. Um, But I'm interested. Am I dropping a shit ton of fab on Kendrick Bourne? No, but I'm interested.
2: As a depth piece, 100%. I'm not picking up Kendrick Kendrick Bourne to fill in one of my wide receiver two or three spots. Like I'm not even sure. I think you could get away with starting him at flex if Mac Jones really does say he's his go-to guy. That's what he looked like. But the biggest thing for me from the Patriots game was that you're right the patriots looked like they were a real offense. And it's weird because that happens when you have an offensive coordinator. Like maybe that maybe is there a correlation there? Better offense with an <laughs> offensive coordinator? There could be. But anyway, the re- the passing game looked much better. I mean, Mac Jones was airing it out. We didn't see any of that last year. So, this is good news Kendrick Bourne. If this was like, oh, Kendrick Bourne had one touchdown and five catches. Like that would be one thing. But he had more than that, 100%. And Mac Jones was looking for him. He had a bunch of two touchdowns, it was. So this isn't like a fluke thing, I don't think. Even though they were playing from behind most of the game, and you see that with the amount of snaps that they played, 80 total snaps. But you can't just rule out Kendrick Bourne. So I'm in on Kendrick Bourne. Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't too happy with the way he was used at this point. He seems like he's just going to be like a spot contributor, which not good because Juju... Remember what he could have been. Remember the hype when he went to the Chiefs? You're like, maybe he can be Patrick Mahomes number one. And now he's fallen all the way down. He's just not really viable at this point. And Ramondre Stevenson, he got his work in the receiving game. I just don't like seeing that much Zeke. You're right. And, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. Good for Zeke that he's going to get those touches. But if they're going to be at the expense of Ramondre Stevenson, dude, you've done your damage taking points away from viable fantasy running backs. Like, just let it go. (laughs) You
1: know what I'm saying? 100% man and 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 again this is why we play in percentages right because 11 targets sounds like a ton right but in reality 11 targets was only a 21.5% target share okay so it's not like a 30% 40% right so just keep that in mind you know when you're picking up Kendrick Bourne Kendrick Bourne is on my waiver wire list he is the 7th uh, he's He ranks 7th uh, on my waiver wire list for pickups this week. Um, all right, moving on. Ram Seahawks, Puka Nakua, my number one waiver wire out of the week. Okay, 15 yep. targets, 39% target share. He went 10 for 119. Tutu Atwell went uh, also at 119 yards as well on half the targets. Uh, eight targets, six catches, 119 yards. He looked great. But the target share for Puka was absolutely ridiculous, dude. This is what I was looking at this senior bowl. Like, the way that Matt Stafford was using him in this game literally was what I saw at the Senior Bowl on, on, in that one day. And this is why I've been right. touting Puka sit, ever since. He, If you had the rookie draft kit, you know what's up. Who was my biggest sleeper? You know, it was Puka Nakua, Michael Wilson, right? Those were the guys. Guess what? Both of those guys, you know, were supposed to be later-round picks. Puka ended up being a later-round pick. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Starting week one, whether uh, Cooper Cup was active or not, right? And then all, now Michael Wilson – as well, like starting in three wide receiver sets, So it was really good to see. Um, but Puka man, like he looked really, really good. You know, he was the security blanket and, uh, I would be, you know, trying really hard to get him on my roster. I think that there is a good chance that he is still fantasy relevant. Even when Cooper comes back. And yeah, the question is if he comes back, I personally think that Cooper Cup's going to be back in week five. I think it's going to happen. I think he'll be fine. Um, Is it possible that Puka Nakua just goes completely away? I think so. It's possible. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the way I look at it is if a wide receiver comes in and demands 15 targets as a rookie, you got to pay attention.
2: Right. I mean, you look at it, even if Cooper Cup does come back in week five, you still have three weeks with Puka Nakua and who Matthew Stafford used like he used Cooper Cup. He's just dialed in on him, throwing it to him constantly. It was awesome. This for me was like unprecedented, not just Puka Nukua, obviously, but the Rams' offense looking as good as it did. Like, one of the takeaways for me was Matthew Stafford looked like Matthew Stafford. Last year, when Matthew Stafford was on the field, he wasn't playing well. And that was with Cooper Cup on the field. Now he comes in and he was slinging it. Like, Puka Nukua, he's slotted to play behind Van Jefferson and he had a bad fantasy outing and he had a bad drop from Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford, you yeah. saw him, he was. Hands on his head is like wide open oh, because it was down the field too. It would have been a big play. So Van it Jefferson would have been didn't, a touchdown. Yeah. So Van Jefferson didn't do himself any favors. You know, if he wants to keep himself ahead of Puka Nukua in both his workload and on the depth chart, yesterday diff- definitely didn't help at all. So if I look at Nukua, who does he have to compete with? I had gone into the week saying, Man, Tyler Higbee's target share is gonna be ridiculous. He had three targets. It's like <laughs> it yeah. was out of nowhere, Puka Nakua made Tyler Higby irrelevant. So this is definitely something to pay attention to. I like Tutu Atwell also. I think if you don't want to be in the bidding war for Puka Nakua, if you go after Tutu Atwell, you can get him probably at a bargain. No one's really thinking about yeah. him. And he can, have, uh, he can be a value. He's not going to return the type of production that Puka Nakua is going to get if he keeps getting this type of workload. But both of these guys should be targeted on the waiver wire. It just depends how much you want to pay up right now. It's a long season. But you don't want to miss out on Puka Nakua if you can get him.
1: I'm with you, man. Now, Kyron Williams was the guy for the Rams in the backfield. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) He had 15 carries, two touchdowns, two targets. Uh, He ran a route on 74% of dropbacks. Okay. So he got to be picked up as well, guys. Okay. He is my number three ranked waiver wire option. Okay. So we got Puka Nakua at number one. Kenny Gainwell, we talked about at number two. Karen Williams at number three, Josh Kelly at number four. Jacoby Myers was at number six. Kendrick Bourne was at number seven. Did we talk about, Um, we already talked about JK yesterday, right? So I can talk about number five, number five was justice yeah. Hill. Number six is Jacoby Myers. Number seven is Kendrick Bourne. And we'll get to some more uh, in a minute here, but like, Kyron and, and Cam Akers, you know, they kind of split carries for the most part early on, you know, while the game was close. You know, once the Rams had a lead in the fourth, Akers really started to take most of the carries. But it looks like Kyron is the guy. Like, I'll be looking for him on the wire if I need help at running back for sure. Um, you know, he was at the goal line, right? He got those looks, which was really important, especially early on. He was running a ton of routes. Listen, like this Rams offense is looking a lot better than I thought it would against the seahawks to be honest with you and um yeah now i'm interested (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) um what happened to the seahawks though like gino was terrible dude like yeah this offense they didn't have any clue like how to do anything you know like kenneth walker he was a primary early down back that backfield was looking okay um charbonnet kind of mixing a little bit but he was pretty much a backup um dj dallas was a passing down guy two minute guy that's not good Right, no. so like we have a three man, three man backfield almost, but Walker is the guy. Like um, he's startable as an RB two every week. Um, but man, this passing offense, like they, they did not look good in this game,
2: and in a good matchup too. Like I remember we were talking about who is going to cover DK Metcalf, that kind of thing. Like they had nobody, and I saw DK Metcalf blow up. Was it Akella Witherspoon? One of the guys. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like just out of nowhere. That's the type of day it was. This doesn't help the Geno Smith flash in a pan deniers at all. You know what I mean? Like last season, it was really good, but what happened? Like it just doesn't make any sense. Geno Smith gets more weapons and plays worse <laughs> in a matchup that was pretty favorable for him, too. Like I was blown away by this, but with Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, too. This reminds me of last year all over again. Daryl Henderson randomly was getting snaps over Cam Akers after a whole offseason of hype that like Cam Akers is a the guy. Then Cam Akers is second fiddle. Same thing this year. Cam Akers is a guy. This is finally the year for him. Have you, have you heard anything about Kyron
1: Williams <laughs> potentially playing over him? Because I didn't. We haven't heard anything about Cam Akers being the guy either. You know that's 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 a thing, and that's you know I had no I had there was no entry point into the rams and what they were going to do like we heard a lot about buka right we heard a lot about him because they talked about a ton about him but when it came to cam Akers, man we didn't hear a word from anybody and you know we did hear some you know like we heard similar things about karen williams last off season but it didn't really turn into something real um this season though after knowing what cam Akers did last year at the end of the year, they're still playing Kyron Williams like they are now. That's troublesome for Cam Akers, for sure.
2: That's what makes no sense to me. Like, you have that type of finish, and now Kyron Williams is coming in. It's just it's just not sitting right with me. I, I think there's maybe Sean McVay's just holding something against Cam Akers. That's what it must be at this point. It's just Kyron Williams is definitely a pickup, 100%. He's got way more run than Cam Akers. And Akers would have had a horrific day if he didn't walk that last touchdown in. Kyron Williams did all the work, getting him down to the one, and Akers just walked it in. So I'm not I'm not saying I'm dropping Cam Akers, but I will say that definitely keep an eye on him, what he does these next couple of weeks, because he might not have a spot on your roster if they keep using Kyron Williams like this.
1: 100%. 100%. All right. That does it for the game. Oh, yeah, Cowboys, Cowboys, Giants. Cowboys just absolutely shellacked the Giants last night, yeah. right? That makes Zach very, very happy. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, Tony Pollard, like, <laughs> long story, you can't take too much out of this game, to be honest with no. you, especially on the Giants side. Like, don't worry about Saquon. Don't worry about uh, Daniel Jones. Don't worry about Darren Waller. Like, these guys will be fine, you know, especially Waller and, and Barkley. Okay. Um it's good for Waller. Like he got some rest for his hamstring um, in the second half. <laughs> yeah, you know. But they—it they, was just too much. The good thing with Pollard, Pollard for some reason was playing into the fourth quarter. But um, you know, Pollard was basically like that dude. Like he was the guy. Okay, goal line carries, you know, everything. Okay, so he's getting like eighty percent of the work. It's exactly what you want to see. He has the ability to finish as the RB one, and if he if he finish if he does what he's doing right now, what we saw yesterday. He's, he could easily. He's going to finish top five. Like period.
2: Yeah. So from that um, game, just yeah. the nature of the game, the weather being horrific and it being a blowout. Like you can't even. I was frustrated. I told you this. I said this while we were on the pod. I think or after the pod yesterday. I was like, you can't even take anything out of the Cowboys' offense either, because right. of course they're going to run the ball in that weather. Dak Prescott only had to throw it, throw it 24 times. He had 100 yards. Like, There's going to be much better games down the road for these guys. But the only thing is, CeeDee Lamb, he had four catches, but it was for 77 yards. So he actually came through for it, even though it was a positive game script from play one. They First time the Cowboys got on the field, they had scored a touchdown already. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they didn't have to do a whole lot of work in the passing game. It'll be a much more fancy, conducive game when our two teams meet next week in Dallas. So that's going to be a good one.
1: I can't wait. Um, so uh, let's hit the waiver wire, Zach. Um, Puka Nakua is at number one. He, he's a is a high priority guy to to grab. Kenny is at number two. We talked about him as well. Kyron Williams is at three. Talked about him. Josh Kelly's at four. Justice Hill is at five. Now, uh, if you didn't, didn't listen to epi- yesterday's episode, why Justice Hill over J.K. Dobbins? Real quick, only because said. this is a different offense. Oh, wh- what did I say? He said Dobbins.
2: Of course, you're oh, taking sorry. him over. Dobbins why Justice point. Hill yeah, over Gus it. Edwards?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's because, by the way, J.K. Dobbins, the the Achilles was confirmed today that it was in fact a torn Achilles. He'll be out for the year. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we see him back on the field again. But the reason why Justice Hill over over Gus Edwards, we've been used to Gus Edwards for several years now with with uh, Greg Roman as their OC. Now they have Todd Munkin as their OC, who prefers Justice Hill. It's just something that has been the case during training camp. That's what the reports have been. Justice Hill has been a standout at training camp. Okay, It's not even just like he just played over him. He was a standout. He was playing very well. It was noticeable, and he was playing over Gus Edwards in camp and preseason. That's really what it comes down to. And then what happened when J.K. Dobbins got hurt? Who came in for that goal line carry? Justice Hill. Who came in? Who was the main running back when he went out? Justice Hill. So pick him up over Gus Edwards. He's not as versatile as you need to be for this offense. Okay. Right.
2: It wasn't just that one goal line carry; it was too. Cause yeah. I remember we talked about, it would have been a three touchdown game for JK Dobbins. If he had just stayed healthy and he was getting that usage. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying justice. I'm not saying Justice Hill is going to step right into that and get that type of usage, but he's definitely going to be doing better than Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards has been like a non-factor you know, at this point so far throughout the offseason and out through week one.
1: I have Gus Edwards down at 18 in my waiver wire rankings. That might be too low, but I'm just not interested. Right. I'm
2: just not. There's interested. more, there's a lot more going on with this Ravens offense. Yeah, I mean, in terms of weapons in the passing game and with Justice Hill, you know, for him to be, be getting like a fancy relevant workload.
1: This is not like a run first, run heavy offense anymore, right? Where yeah. like these running backs are valuable. That valuable, um, to the point where, like, I'm sorry, like a a non-versatile running back will be valuable, like Gus Edwards, right? Yeah, the scheme Um, can carry him. Exactly, exactly. Um, by the way, if you guys want Fab recommendations, I will have an article up, uh, on our uh, exclusive part of our website at UpperHandFantasy.com, um, with waiver wire, um, at. First of all, we'll have the waiver wire ads. That's going to be available for everyone. But the Fab advice will be part of our premium package for all of our subscribers. So you can go check that out at UpperHeadFantasy.com. That will be available tomorrow. Um, that will kind of give Fab recommendations for all of these players. Okay. So right. that could help you out if you're wondering, like, how much Fab you want to put down on these guys. Okay. Um, Justice Hill is at five. Jacoby Myers uh, is at six here. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is at seven. Why Myers over Bourne? Because Myers is a better wide receiver. Number one, he's he's also demanded a high target share in the past, too. And look, look what happened. A high target share player is getting a high target share again? Oh, okay. Like, that's 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 not new. Uh, Kendrick Bourne at seven. Zay Jones is at eight. Um, I'm tempted to put Zay over Kendrick Bourne, to be honest. Um, But, you know, he's right there. You know, just this is just mm-hmm. in case Bourne actually becomes a wide receiver one. I like Zay a lot, and I have a I have a feeling that he might end up outscoring Christian Kirk this year. I think it's possible, just with the fact that Christian Kirk is running way less routes now. Um, I have Jalen Warren at nine. Um, he's available in some leagues. Again, we talked about this yesterday with him and Najee splitting 50 50 pretty much on early downs. Um, actually, it wasn't pretty much, it was exactly 50 50 <laughs> in terms of snaps on early downs. Um, and he's getting more work now as well. Hopefully that offense can turn around. The thing is, like, I don't know how playable he is. You know, the offense really needs to be take that step forward for him to be playable. Um, and I, I can say the same for Najee too, to be honest with you. So yeah. that's why he's down here. But he is one of the best handcuffs that you can grab. Yeah. Right, the offense can take um, the step
2: forward. I think they can. It had a tough matchup yesterday against. For yeah, you. it was
1: a so, it was a terrible performance. There's no way they yeah. don't bounce back. It's kind of similar to what the Giants' situation is. I have and more confidence in the Giants yeah. than the Steelers' offense, but you know, it is what it is. And the Bengals. Yeah, there were a lot of games Beng- like that, for sure. It's Week One. It's Week One. Yep. Uh, R- Romeo Dubs at ten here. Um, should he be higher, Zach? Romeo Dubs. Uh, I think if Christian
2: Watson comes back, this is appropriate because he's not okay. going to be dominating target share like that. So okay. assuming look, Christian look. Watson can be back for Week Two. This makes sense. If we hear early in the week that Christian Watson is trending towards not playing again, then maybe bump him up a little bit. But at that point, obviously the waivers will have gone through. So for me, I'm not making him a huge priority, especially when there are other receivers on the waiver wire that you can get ahead of him, even as deep as Jacoby Myers, that type of thing. Even say Jones, like those types of guys, you can get them. They're going to have similar value. It's not going to be like you're missing out on Romeo dubs with, The amount of players that are on the wire that you can get ahead of him, so I think ten makes sense. There's no reason to put him higher.
1: Rashid Shahid shows up at number eleven here. Um, I, I like Shahid. I think a lot of people were calling for him as a sleeper this year. For me, it was really about like all the weapons that are there. However. You look at what he did last year, super efficient as an undrafted rookie, third in yards per route run among all wide receivers uh, with at least 30 targets. So there's something something there. Um, He showed the talent. He flashed it. Now he has a quarterback upgrade, and he shows up in week one. Um, I don't think it was a surprise that that happened. So I do want to throw him on my roster just to see if something like this can continue. He's not going to be a consistent guy every single week getting you big numbers. This is more of a – I look at him kind of like a Darnell Mooney. Um, that type of player right uh 2 years ago right. where like you know you could throw him in your lineup and you know he could get you a 40 yard touchdown right that's kind of how i look at him um as that potential splash option um Roshan Johnson i have him at 12 um you know he played a bigger role than i thought he would in week 1 number 1 and number 2 he could eventually take over um the 1a role because him coming in, one of the most efficient running backs in this draft, um, you know, limited work in college behind Bijan Robinson, but he's a very good running back. Is he somebody that should be a little bit higher, Zach, or do you think that this is just going to be an annoying backfield all year long?
2: I don't want to say it's going to be an annoying backfield all year long. I think it's going to eventually shift from a three man to a two man. And in that sense, it's going to be Rashawn Johnson, Khalil Herbert, like we said. So he's worth targeting. I do agree that having him as a long term target makes more sense. Right now, you know, it was a negative game script. He got a bunch of receiving work that I don't really anticipate him getting that much on a weekly basis, especially with Justin Fields at quarterback. If things are going right for the Bears, you know, on offense, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of checking it down to the running back you know in the bears offense it's going to be more just fields using his legs and getting dj Moore involved like this target distribution is liable to switch up and start moving towards dj Moore. we want that to happen it's liable to happen at this point so roshan johnson i think he makes sense here i don't think it's just going to be an annoying backfield all year long but he has the potential that you target you know, obviously if he would take over and you can get him on the waivers right now it's really cheap too with all the guys up at the top like you're gonna you're gonna be sitting pretty if you grab him so not not a bad idea to throw a dollar two three at Rashawn johnson see if you can get him
1: i have tutu at well at 13 here um the reason why he's this low i i just think that you know it's possible that the target share kind of redistributes a little bit like you know, what if Tyler Higby gets more involved? Like, we've seen Tutu Atwell in this offense, right, before. Yep. Um. So th- it's it's kind of like, you know, this seems more of a flash in the pan than anything, which, which is why I have him here at 13. I have him as a short-term ad. I don't think he's somebody that will be too fantasy relevant when Cooper Cup comes back. Yeah, 6 for
2: one, 119 is also very efficient. I mean, you look at the way that Puka Nakua got his 119 yards. That was on 15 targets. That is why he's much higher. You know, he's getting his production in a much more – sustainable way. And Tutu Atwell, while Cooper Cup is out, he'll be fine. Like I said, we're throwing some fab dollars at him. If you don't want to go after Puka Nakua, he'll be able to get you some production these next few weeks. But I think if Cooper Cup comes back, somebody's going to be nudged out of this target distribution, and it's probably going to be Tutu Atwell if Puka Nakua keeps playing like he did in week one.
1: I have Rashi Rice here at 14 as a long-term ad. You know, guys, a lot of you guys know that I'm not a Rashi Rice guy. But, however... Listen, in his limited snaps, he was targeted on a high rate, okay? Number 1 and number 2, this wide receiver core is completely like for lack of a better term, pretty shitty, right? So there yeah. is an, there is opportunity here for Rashi Rice to emerge um if they continue to give him more snaps. Will that happen? Who knows? They started him out as a rotational guy, he he was targeted at a high percentage uh per route run. So if they get more if he gets more routes, he could get a high higher you know, high target share. He looked good in the preseason too, right? And he's, ha- he's, he has made plays. So I think there is a chance that he becomes, you know, a little bit more fantasy relevant. So he's like a guy that I'm picking up and I'm stashing. Um, if you don't need the immediate help,
2: right? So do you think there's a chance that he could be the de facto wide receiver one for the Chiefs at any point this season? Obviously, behind Travis, if Kelly. I,
1: if I listen, if I had to guess right now who, if there was one, who is it going to be? I would guess it's him because who else would it be now? You know, obviously, you know, Are you they have other guys me? there. Like, Kadarius <laughs> Tony, like, I, I I, just don't think he can stay healthy. Like, that's my concern with him. You know, he would be the de facto, but, like, can we really trust him? I think Rashi Rice is legit. You know, Sky Moore, like, super disappointing. Like, he didn't do his thing in year one, obviously. But he didn't get the playing time for a reason, it seems like. And now he gets the playing time and hardly gets targeted. So I I can't, you know, that disappoints me a ton. So now Rashi Rice is on my radar at this point.
2: Yeah. I think That's it's kind worth of the way where I pick him. Just the way, like you mentioned, the there's so much room for this Chiefs wide receiver room to move around. There's a lot of moving parts. It could be one yeah. guy one week and another guy the next. It's worth targeting a guy that has talent there and who also earned the targets, like you mentioned. And yeah. One week sample size. But worth just giving it a shot.
1: That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Tajay Spears, I have him at 15. Um, he was sharing sharing the sharing snaps with Derrick Henry from the start of that game. Um, yeah. It was by design that he was in there, so he got he got some carries, he got some targets, he was running a bunch of routes. So this is a long term ad, really. Like I, I don't really feel comfortable starting him or anything like that. But he's just somebody that you throw on the back of your bench, see if they use him as a weapon. Number one and number two, if Derrick Henry ever were to get hurt, he is going to be in every down type of back, or or at least a three-down back at the very least, and I think he can have some value um, if that were to happen. He looks good, man. He looks like a good running back, so uh, I'm a fan of his. I've been a fan of his since since the Senior Bowl, and um, I'm looking forward to what he could do. I I think he's a solid stash if you need one.
2: He is. The only thing for me is Derrick Henry, even though they used uh, J Spears a lot, Derrick Henry didn't look bad. (laughs) You know, no, not at all. I don't want them to force this age cliff on him. We talked about this yesterday. How (laughs) they're kind of forcing the issue here, but like, there's no reason to. Derrick Henry still looks good. I'd let him, you know, and I expect that to continue. I'd let him dominate the snaps right now. I don't think it's going to be this way for the rest of the season, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I I hope not.
1: I, 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 if I had Derrick Henry, like, I wouldn't. I don't love this at all. No, you know, oh, it's like, of course not. No. I drafted him to I drafted him so that you guys can just like ride until the wheels fall off, right? Yeah, and that's that's what I drafted <laughs> and drafted him na- for. <laughs> now
2: suddenly they're like, oh, we got to do the oil change on this car now. Right, <laughs> so like right, it's like right, having right, a car, exactly. you just let it go. You keep driving it until the wheels fall off, like you said. But now they're suddenly realizing, oh, well, maybe we need to take care of this car. Maybe maybe thinking- we
1: don't do so many long long trips on this car. You know, we just kind of drive it locally. No, that's right. not what
2: we want. Maybe they're thinking, like, maybe they see a rebuild around the corner because the way the Titans are structured right now, they're not really a long-term team in terms of what they have in terms of talent on the roster. Maybe they're looking at, like, we should I start salvaging Titans
1: this think, guy. I think the Titans think that they're a playoff team.
2: Really? I mean, yeah, I guess signing DeAndre Hopkins would indicate that. But maybe yeah. now they're, like, backtracking and just getting an insurance policy, and they're saying – well, Derrick Henry's the most attractive player on our team in terms of what he can do for another football team. Maybe we don't wear him out as much this season. Salvage him in case we need to trade him away in a rebuild. But that's all speculation at this point. It's just interesting to see that Tajay Spears. It, what,
1: what is this a yeah, dynasty roster? Madden
2: franchise. It's Madden franchise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but right, no, so it's those are,
2: like, I'm trying to come up with an ex- excuse for why they're using Tajay Spears so much. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear that. I remember when um, w- what's his name um uh who was who was the who was the titans oc i think it was i think it was lafleur i think it was matt lafleur was the titans oc when they were using um that running back from the patriots uh was it dion, I forgot who it was there was like a running back from the patriots that they were using i forgot who it was he was super tiny compared to Derek oh Henry. yeah dion lewis Deion Lewis, that's who it was. Yeah, exactly. So Deion Mm -hmm. Lewis and Derrick Henry were sharing sharing snaps. It was absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) The dumbest thing I've ever seen.
2: That's a stark contrast. (laughs) It's pretty much what
1: Aaron Jones and AJ Nun look like, except like the talent is like the opposite uh, on that one. So those were our top fifteen. (laughs) those are top 15 waiver wire pickups um zach ertz is at 16 luke musgrave gus edwards zach moss could be coming back he's at 19 calvin austin played directly behind deontay johnson got a high targets per route run than Allen robinson in this game so if deontay johnson were to be out i think calvin really could fit in i'm sorry calvin austin could fit in uh right behind him pretty nicely and earn those targets uh hunter henry's at 21 followed by a whole bunch of other guys okay guys uh it's all going to be up on the website upperhandfantasy.com it's up there right now you can check out the waiver wire rankings there for myself or tyler our consensus rankings um yeah so go check that out appreciate you guys and uh we'll see you again tomorrow see you later bye-bye